So it's been a Sunday where we stopped and reflect to see how far we have come and how far God has worked in our church. And, and we've heard some amazing testimonies. And I believe that has encouraged you all. And just a day to stop and ponder what God is doing. You know, something that I want you all to know is that um, this church wasn't started out of the blue. Um, it wasn't a random decision. Um, nor did my father one day call me and say, my father is a pastor, for those of you who don't know. He's been in ministry for uh, many years now, for two decades, more than two decades now, 27, 20, 29 years, I believe. So he, um, uh, he didn't call me and say, go start a church in Mangalore. That's our next strategy. In fact, he opposed me greatly when I said, God has called me to Mangalore. He said, I, I still remember his words. Um, he said, you are my son and you listen to what I'm saying. But I said, God has called me there, I'm going. I'm going to the city. Uh, if you see the invite, you would see a picture of an ocean. Yes, that's very intentional because I was in a meeting, I was praying, I said, God, give me a vision. Uh, and I was praying by the time God told me to you know, leave my job and I was praying. And as I was praying, I saw a beach with young people worshiping the Lord, uh, young people on the beach worshiping God. And I asked God, what place is this? And I hear this word very clearly, Mangalore. It's audible, it's very clear. I broke down in tears. I was like, God, you want me to go to that place? I only know the Dezosas, the, the Fernandes, you know, the Miranda. I know somebody called Miranda. All of them are probably from this side of India. I, I just, I don't even know this place. I've not been to this part of India. Uh, I've only been to Andhra, Delhi, and Tamil Nadu, uh, Kerala, but I've never been to this part of Karnataka. And I was wondering, God, how, how are you going to lead me? And then I prayed and uh, then my father said no. Uh, my mother was quite supportive. Uh, but finally, um, I took the bus. I came to Mangalore. And when I stepped into the bus, I couldn't stop my tears because I know my life is going to be different from today onwards. Uh, no more mom's food. My mom is an amazing, glorious uh, cook. <laughs> Uh, no more mom's food, no more, you know, getting uh, treated very well at home. Life is now in a place where you don't know anybody. I tell you, everybody that I know in Mangalore, I haven't met them before in Bangalore. This is just coming here, meeting people, getting to know them, making connections. And you, you look at this, it's, it's, it's God's doing. It's God's doing. It's, you know, we sang the song, Whom Shall I Fear? Uh, I know who goes before me. I, I was on this road and the first time I came to Mangalore, I was walking up from Goldfinch uh, towards Jyoti Circle. And as I was going, I, I went and asked. You know, the first day I came to Mangalore, I went looking for a house uh, and they rejected me. They had a house, but they said uh, no. And um, I was walking on the road thinking about the future. And as I was walking on the road, I saw God and angels going before me. Like literally, I, I saw this. This is not, I'm not making it up. I was quite awake. I was walking on the road towards Jyoti Circle and I came see in front of me and I see God and angel. I see like an army walking before me. I was so comforted knowing that future is set. The future is here because God has already gone before me. So, you know, coming to this place, starting a church wasn't a random decision. In fact, it, it's not because I didn't have anything to do in life that I came and started a church. 
I had a good job. I was paid very well. Uh, a little later, I was hired to be a national director of a, of a media company uh, based out of Australia. I had some stocks and shares. Uh, but after, before coming into ministry, I, I just left everything. I said, God, you've called me to this place. I'm going to come. Lots and lots of opportunities in Bangalore. You tell me the restaurant and car, uh, that you want to go, I'll tell you where it is, what kind of food they will serve, and what's best there. I, I will tell you everything. I've, I've eaten out, I've lived my life there in, in Bangalore. And, you know, I, I look at all of that. God takes me out of that place and puts me in a place. I come here the first time, I'm like, the tea is horrible. <laughs> God, the tea is so bad. <laughs> I'm like, you know, in Bangalore, you would get amazing tea for seven rupees in a roadside stall. I come here and have the tea, I'm like, this this the tea, this, this is where he sent me, Lord. But I tell you, you know, every day has been so amazing, so amazing. I can look back, I can say this with confidence, God has been there by our side, amen? He has been our El Shaddai. You know, I, I love this name of God called the El Shaddai. Uh, that's the name you would have seen on the poster. Uh, the word El Shaddai means all-sufficient savior. The God who is able to do what he is promised to do. Amen. The God who is able to do what he has said he will do. He has been our El Shaddai and he will always be our El Shaddai. See, I, I look at the vision of the church. I look at the vision of the church. It's, it's raising up a generation for Jesus. Now, as, as easy as this may sound, as very easy as this may sound, it requires a lot of work. To see this vision come to fulfillment. And, and when I look at the future, sometimes I feel like, Lord, how is it going to be? I feel like, you know, Lord, what's going to happen in the future? I wonder to myself, Lord, how is the church going to be five years from now? And my human self, my flesh tells me uh, that maybe it's not going to work out that great. Maybe you'll have just five people. Maybe it'll be just ten people. But I keep reminding myself very often that I worship a God who just doesn't make promises but keeps them. I worship a God who is not just a promise maker, but a promise keeper. I worship a God who is faithful to complete what he has started. He will never stop halfway through and say, you know, maybe I have to do something else right now. But he will lead us to a point where he will finish what he starts. Paul writes to the church at Philippians and he says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's our El Shaddai. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, God is your El Shaddai. Amen. He is faithful to complete what he has started in your life. Let's quickly turn to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis 17, chapter 17, verse 1. I'm going to read this, read this verse for you. God speaks to Abraham. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. God speaks to Abraham in, in what could be known as one of the most uh, discouraging moments of his life. God promised him when he was about 75 years old. Now he's about 99. 24 years have gone by. And in that moment, he's waiting for God's promise to come to fulfillment. And God appears to Abraham and said, I am God Almighty. So this word Almighty God is translated in Hebrew as El Shaddai. And the word El Shaddai means all-sufficient Savior. You know, when I was reading this story, I was thinking to myself, if we 
we're in the place of God and if we had to go and encourage Abraham, what would we say? Just imagine if we were in the place of God and if we had to encourage this man Abraham who's been waiting on a promise for 24 years of his life, what will you say to him? I was just thinking that probably we might say, hey Abraham, listen, I know it's very difficult for you, I understand your pain. You've been waiting for 24 years. I know your pain, I know what you're going through. Don't worry, I will make it happen soon. We might probably just you know, put something to make him feel happy and better about himself. But you see how God is dealing with Abraham. What God is saying is, I am Almighty God. In his disappointing moments, he, God doesn't come there and you know, say something else, but reveals to him as the El Shaddai. God wanted to reveal Abraham something about his nature and character where he can find all the answers of life that he needs. See, there's one word, El Shaddai, answered all his questions. See, many times when, when God calls us, we are afraid. Many times when God wants us to do something, we think twice. Instead of following completely, we think twice. We wonder, what if it gets delayed? Now, Abraham, as a human being, might have faced the same kind of problem. Thought, must have thought what the future is going to be like. You know, must have thought, what if the promise will never be fulfilled? But God tells him this, I am almighty God. I am El Shaddai, which means I am fully able to do what I've promised to do in your life. He's fully able to, capable of keeping the promise. It is as if God is saying, Abraham, Abraham, don't look anywhere else. Set your eyes on me. I am all you need and I am all you will ever need in life. I am everything that you will ever need to fulfill what I've promised to you. Many times we make this mistake. We look to everywhere else other than God himself. We look to people, we look to our parents, we look to our friends, we run to doctors hoping something will happen. But what we have been experiencing is failure after failure after failure after failure. But God says, come to me. I am your El Shaddai. Come to me, believe in me and put your trust on me because I'm fully capable of leading you to the finish line. You know what? We will never live a life in shame because God is our El Shaddai. I often say this prayer and I, I do say it very often. Uh, I said this yesterday also and I said, Lord, I know you will never put me to shame. And God has never put me to shame. I can tell you this. Um, before I stepped into ministry, when I met some people in Bangalore and I told them that God has called me to Bangalore, they were like, oh, there's so much of persecution there. And you want to go there? And some of my relatives looked at me. They said, you're so smart. You know, why didn't you start something? Why didn't you run a business? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why don't you make some money? And then go into ministry because I was 23 when I entered into ministry. They said, why don't you make some money, you know, build something for yourself? I had the same plan. I know I didn't want to come into ministry early. But God said, you have to go. This is your time. 23 years old, jump into ministry. I was like, God, this is it's too much for me to... But, but I tell you, God has been so faithful. He's never put me in a shameful situation. You see, we may worry about the future. 
you and i will worry about the future but you know what god says son daughter i have figured this out i know what to do i am el shaddai i am the all sufficient savior are you looking for a promise to be fulfilled are you looking for god to fulfill something in your life god says i've got everything in me everything in me to fulfill what you need everything in me you don't have to you don't have to look for anybody else you don't have to look for man to help you you don't have to look for people to help you i have everything that you ever need uh, one of my one of my friends um father uh, he is a pastor he said babu he is from andhra he said never ask your parents for money <laughs> it is a very tough decision for me not to ask them for money a very tough decision because every week i needed to eat you know we still have to survive and you look at my figure and size i love eating uh, eating is what i love <laughs> uh, i just uh, i just love the masala the combination you know you should ask me fan we how critical i am about food and taste i love food and i have to come here and at least for the basic meal i need uh, 700 rupees a week and for my stay and everything at least 1000 a week and and this this pastor told me babu don't depend on your parents for money i was like uncle how <laughs> i did not talk to him then i said uh, he he's a senior man of god but slowly i i stopped getting into the stop asking my parents for money i stopped it and today you know what happened what has happened i give more money to my parents than they give me it's it's completely opposite now it, it's like i give more money to them than they give me every month how god says i am able to provide for you i am your all sufficient savior see abraham needed one thing he didn't need all this oh i'm going to do this for you don't worry next year this time no 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 god says focus on one thing focus on one thing i am the el shaddai your all sufficient savior you need me and nothing else you all you need is me because i am capable of doing what i have called you to do you know when i look at the church the vision that god has given us this vision i wrote it down in the year 2013 2014 uh, 2013 december i believe uh, i didn't even write this after i started the church i wrote it many many years ago and um, and when i started the church god said this is the vision use this in 2016 october 9th i started the church but god started working my heart way before way before just you know doing the ground work preparing my heart to focus on the vision preparing my heart to you know to to live out this vision that is youngsters have to be radical for christ when i look at uh, most of you know priya i think jeremy not no priya most of you know priya i talk to her she goes through persecution like literally persecution beaten up in the house for believing in god and i tell you this that she tells me that you know josh no matter what happens i cannot forsake christ they they force me every day to leave him i cannot when i when i talk to dishan coming from a brahmin background he says anna i love jesus so much he's is very passionate on fire for god every time i ask him how is your prayer life he'll be like oh it's awesome it's awesome i'm learning new things i'm excited you see that is what is the fulfillment of a vision and to be honest it's not me there's nothing for me to say oh there's something that i'm doing perfectly right that no 
Sometimes I don't even pay attention. But you know who pays attention? God pays attention. We may not even think of the goal sometimes, but God knows that I will lead you to the finish line. You look at the life of Paul, he gets to the end of his life and he says, I have finished the race. I have kept my faith. Not because this man was amazing, but it is God who led him to the finish line. It is God who led him, led him because he is El Shaddai. If there is one thing I want you to understand in your life, that is this. He is your El Shaddai. He will lead you through every situation. You don't have to look at any man. You don't even have to beg for opportunities. Let me tell you this. Don't even beg for opportunities. Stand in prayer and God will make everything work out for you. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than all you can think, ask or imagine. Why? Because he is your El Shaddai. He is your El Shaddai. He has done it before, he will continue to do, do it. And all we need is him, nothing else. All we need is him. We don't need people to come and protect us. We don't need people to come and stand for us. Rather, we go to God and say, God, here's the situation. Do it. Protect me. And God protected us. Amen. Amen. We, another story, we couldn't sustain in this church with the rent for too long and there was almost, you know, from last year to end of May, it was such a time of testing, I, I, I couldn't bear it. Uh, and a lot of commitments we were not able to keep up. And it is, uh, like, just to give you a perspective of how much we have to spend to keep the place running. Um, you know, we are planning to buy a TV, uh, about 50, 65 inches uh, to change this display. That's about 55 grand uh, for that. And, you know, if we have to spend money on the TV, if only we have to buy TV every month, we can buy one and a half TVs every month. Just we can buy TVs every month. We, we get and we spend. We get and we spend. There's so many expenses. We won't even know how these expenses are there. But I tell you, God keeps us alive. And it almost came to a point, the owner called me and he said, what is this? What is this? He said, you're not even keeping your word. I said, I'm sorry, sir, I'll do something. And within a couple of days, we were able to uh, manage some money and we were able to sustain here. And I tell you, this man's a cutthroat. He's a supari business owner, you know what that means. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's like, I have 18 properties. He, he owns buildings in city center and filthy rich. But you know, the amazing thing is this, he is a Muslim and, and God helps us find favor with him. One day I was sitting with him and he was like, what do you want to do? Do you want to leave or do you want to stay? I said, I didn't have any answer to give him. And then I watched his face, it, you know, from that anger, he became very soft. He said, okay, let me know, go now. So I left the office and I came out. Tell you he's never spoken anything rude after that and I, and I look at all of this it's God giving favor in front of people we are not able to pay I told him sir I'm really struggling and not it's difficult uh, and somehow God helps us sustain and when I look at all the challenges we face as a church and we have come this far we know it is God who has done it why? Because He is our El Shaddai. He is all we need and He is the only one that we will ever need. And all we have to do, you know, in the coming years of the church is that we have to continue to trust in Him. Paul says like this, I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have trusted. I know whom I have given my life to. I know whom I have believed. And I'm fully convinced that He is able to guard what I have entrusted to Him until that day. 
He says, I know my life is safe. I serve him, I get persecuted, but I know I will never die because my life is in his hands. Unless God allows nothing is going to happen. He was so confident on God. He was so confident because he knew God is everything for him. He says, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I tell you, church, if we can live with that same attitude every day, we will see this vision fulfilled in our lifetime. We will see one day there will be tens and thousands of people. I'm not thinking of thousands anymore. I'm thinking of 10,000 people, one service. Amen. Can we shout aloud, hallelujah? Hallelujah. 10,000 people, one service. We need a couple of acres. We're going to have a big church, a mega church. We're going to have a Bible college there. I'm preparing to run a Bible college. I really want a Bible college. Um, my, it's my dad's vision for a very long time. And it's been in my heart also for a long time. Within the next 15 years, I want to start a Bible college in an educational city. We have medical college. Why not have a Bible college? Why not have this amazing college that prepares pastors? Every Bible college prepares people to be in another organization. I want to prepare pastors. Prepare pastors to be dynamic people who will take bold risks for God. We need at least a couple of acres. Amen. So if you want to imagine 10, amen to that. If you want to say 100, amen to that. If you want to say more, God bless you. <laughs> because we believe this is just the beginning. And if we have seen God work this far, if we have seen God lead us, He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. Why don't we stand up? Why don't we stand up in prayer? There's a song that we sang, You Made a Way, Says It All. He made a way, why? Because he's the El Shaddai. He made the walls come down, why? Because he's the El Shaddai. He made mountains to move because he is our El Shaddai. He made everything happen for you because he is your El Shaddai. And as we stand here, as we reflect, as we are reflected, and now that we are, you know, continue to conduct our church, what we have to do is this. We have to live every day with this perspective that God, you are our El Shaddai. When we think of the church, you know, please pray for the church every day. When you think of the church, just tell the Lord, you are our El Shaddai. You will do above and beyond everything that we can think. When you look at your personal lives, I know many of you are praying for many things. I would say this. Remember, God is your El Shaddai. He is able to do all that he has promised to do. He is capable of finishing what he has started in you. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. It, it, you don't have to lose anything. You just have to understand that everything will be alright in my life. Because he is my El Shaddai. Amen. Let's close our eyes. I ask the worship team to come forward. We're going to sing this song, You Made a Way. And let's ponder over what we heard, what we heard. He is our El Shaddai. He is my all-sufficient Savior. When people reject me, when people come against me, when the enemy comes like a flood, all I need is my El Shaddai. All I need is my God who goes before me. All I need is Him and Him only. God encourages Abraham in, his one, of, in one of the most discouraging moments of his life saying, I am the Almighty God. I am the El Shaddai. I am all you need. Don't look at to, don't look at people to prophesy about the promises that you receive. Don't look at to different people to come and say something to you. Don't look at for prophetic words. All I'm saying is this: look unto God who is capable of doing everything He says. The Bible says the heaven and earth will pass away, but the word that 
God speaks will still remain. The word that God speaks will never remain, return void, but it will finish the task for which it was sent for. He's not a God who makes empty promises. He will never say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about this. I'm sorry, I said this to you. No, there is no sorry in God's vocabulary. All that he will do is that he will complete. He will do what he has started in you. He is faithful.